Welcome to Pop Whiz Bang, a comic conversation with Maggie Ram and Patrick Lay. I'm Patrick Lay. My pronouns are he and him. Which makes me Maggie Ram. My pronouns are they, them. And this is not a podcast about the most recent reliefs, 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 releases from Marvel and DC. This, in fact, is a comic podcast about the theory and process behind the comics that you know and love. My brain is mostly fried. Uh, we're going to do just a quick recap episode today. Uh, Patrick just got back from one of my favorite conventions, uh, a two-calf held in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, which is where I'm kind of sort of from. And I just wrapped up uh, teaching a whole week of comic class to middle schoolers. Uh, which is why I sound like I'm brain dead, because I kind of am. Uh, but before we do that, Patrick, tell us about things. How are you doing? Doing okay. Started running again. It's been uh, a little bit less than a year since I was running regularly, so I gained a little bit of weight and thought, you know what? It's uh, time to, to shove off some of my, my winter skin. My winter skin being a layer of fat that I developed. Um, no, but that's been really good. It, it, uh, honestly, running is not one of those cathartic experiences for me. It's definitely work. Like I'm not the kind of person who zones out and then suddenly looks down and like, Oh, I've run all my distances. I I'm awake for every step. Um, but, uh, I've definitely gotten some cathartic use out of this bout of training, um, because life can be frustrating. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go run. And then like, you know, uh, 30 minutes later, you're like, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so um you're still amped up but you're just amped up about different things uh yeah so uh, have, that's been good what's up with you i have so much history and emotional baggage tied in with running i i run every day and that's not me trying to brag that is literally like my mother has bred me <laughs> to run every day. And when I am not running, I feel super, super guilty. And I have to text my partner, Sam, and be like, hey, Sam, tell me it's okay that I don't run this day and that I'm not going to, like, burn in hell. Uh, not that my mom ever used that as an excuse because uh, she knows we're going down there anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have, to, I have to run every day because otherwise I feel like I'm a terrible person. Um, I have gotten to the point where I finally like running because before when I was running in high school, uh, I did not like it because competing is super shitty. Um, <laughs> but that being said, uh, I am also training for another marathon because I'm a sadistic masochist idiot. Uh, and so it's very, it's, it's, I, I totally hear you on the running. I, zone out only because I try and run so early in the morning that my body doesn't know where it is yet. I like first thing in the morning, hop out of bed, put on my running shoes, and then I run. And then like two or three miles in, my body's like, wait, how did we get here? And I'm like, aha. See, that's the thing. We've got to like, get back now. <laughs> that's the thing where like, uh, it's, it's interesting because I ran all through high school and junior high. And I ran in college. I didn't run for the college, but I ran while I was in college. And um, it was only when I started running with my wife and a friend and they'd be like, 
oh yeah, that was a really good one. I was really in the zone. The music was on. I didn't even really notice I was moving that I realized that almost everybody else gets into a zone and I don't ever. I know I'm awake for every footfall. I'm never like, oh, I'm running really well. This is going great. Like there are definitely times where I'm feeling I can, I feel free where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm running well. We're on my, you know, we're at this point. We're doing fine. I don't know if I've ever had one of those moments and you know my family. So that's yeah, very. Yeah, I mean, it's just like <laughs> some people, like they just, they get into it. They zone out and that's like part of the joy of it. And for me, it's I've, never ever been ever like, zoned out. which is why I like to compete. And I wish that I had more people to compete around and against because I hate losing, but it just pushes me so hard. Like anytime someone's in front of me, I just want to catch them so bad. Oh my God. That's my so fucking badly. favorite thing. I don't my like being in thing. front. I want to catch you. I'm, I'm a chaser. Oh, no, no, no. Not only do I want to blast by you. But I also want to run so fast that you feel bad and you go home and you feel that, 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 that deep that, shame, that deep shame that this twitchy, shabby person who's wearing hand-me-down running clothes from goddamn Michigan and not for fucking hot as hell California just passed you while wearing glasses, which nobody wears when they run, but I have to because I can't afford contacts. That is what I think when I go by. It's my favorite thing. Whenever I'm running and I pass somebody, I like live for it. And whenever I'm biking on my bike that I've had since middle school and I pass by somebody on their cute little tiny itty bitty little like road bike that's got like tiny tires and the, you know, the handlebars that go back. Anytime I pass by them, I'm like, that's right, you fucking Californian. Here comes Michigan. I'm going <laughs> to wreck your ass. <laughs> it's like, look at you and your put together life and your expensive haircut. I'm going to ride by and my shorter rolls that I had from my mom's like hand-me-down wardrobe suck it yeah anyway that's probably a little bit too far of a glimpse into Maggie's <laughs> psyche than you were really hoping for listener um so uh patrick a2 calf tell me how it went uh yeah so ann arbor calf i guess like a2 is the nickname for ann arbor um nobody actually calls it that they put it on a lot arbor, of stuff I think it's just like it's easier than writing Ann Arbor, but I don't know. I wonder if it's like if, how like cities have uh, nicknames like Toledo's the Glass City, but nobody would ever fucking call that except for it's the Glass City Marathon or you know stuff yeah. like that. So that makes sense. So, uh, but it is on everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was really cool. I debuted uh, a new book there that I've been working on for two years. Um, a friend Ooh. wrote a three song EP and then I did a comic based on it. Um, so he came along with me and that was really fun. We did a program. I've never done a program at a convention before. Um, and A2 is, um, it used to be called Kids Reads Com Comics. And it's a specifically kid oriented comic convention. Now they can have adult content stuff there, but it's still very much kid oriented. It's in uh, the downtown uh, library uh at, in ann arbor and it's free and open to the public uh so once again it, it joins the list of some of my favorite shows being free and open to the public in a library um and uh so that was super super cool also the table is free if you do a workshop um so i did my program i got a free table we did the thing we did the stuff ah. now um <laughs> as far as sales go uh it's 
it's a weird fucking show. And I'm weird, curious if you had a similar experience, but they do a, a really cool thing for a library where all summer long you can go to these events and get points and accumulate points throughout yeah. the year, which is awesome. Um, so every table got a code and there were just constant people walking around getting the code off of your table so that they could fill out their sheet and get all the points. Uh, which also meant that there were constant people staring at your table who had no interest in what was on it and no interest yeah. in whatsoever in comics. They were just there for the points. And a lot of the traffic was that. Now, I did talk yeah. to some people who said that this is one of their favorite shows and that that like that was their best day ever. Like that Saturday, the first day was their best day ever at any shows. And these are people who I see all around Ohio. So, I mean, these are not like one and done tablers, they, they table pretty consistently. Um, I didn't personally have a sale till three in the afternoon. Uh, the show started mm. at 10. So that was a long five hours. Um, but then, you know, I had, it was a mixed bag. In previous episodes, we've talked about what we were going to do differently. And this show, what I did differently was I brought more higher dollar um, items. So I had bundles of my multi which was all four uh, issues together for $20. Um, the very nature of the new book, it was full color. It's in a bigger uh, trim size. It had a CD attached. It was just going to cost more. It cost like 15 bucks. Um, so it, I just had more expensive items on the table, which meant that I only needed a few customers to make my average sales. So when all my sales came in after three, I made my average day. <laughs> like there was still only two and a half hours with them selling. <laughs> But I still made the money I would make on an average comics day. But it meant that I had fewer customers overall. So that's something I'm going to have to keep in mind jumping from show to show. Like these kid-oriented shows, $5 books, $1 stickers. Yeah. Like I don't know why I thought, oh, let's bring all my $20 shit. Mostly because yeah. the last show, if I'd have brought $20 shit, I would have made a lot of money. But mm -hmm. it was a different style of show. Um, so I'm getting the sense of how these shows operate. One of the best things yeah. about A2CAF is that it uh, provides full fucking catering. Like yes. both days. It is not just some snacks in a green room. It is a meal. No, and I I actually messaged Patrick before uh, the show because I did the show last year and I was like, hey, don't eat lunch because <laughs> they're going to provide some catering. Don't eat breakfast. And it's going to be like, amazing. It was, there was so much food. That like I could have just rolled in kind of late and not eaten breakfast and and been fine. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's they they really do it up there. They they really take care of their cartoonists. I think that's something that we also need to think about. Kind of uh, what you were saying before is we need to make sure that we're catering ourselves to each show, um, and making sure that the stuff that we bring and the stuff that we're selling to get the most out of the show, which is something that I haven't really thought about before. Um, and especially just because a two calf is very different than the other shows that we've gone to. Cause it's like an all kids show. It'd probably be like mice if we went to mice, but we haven't gotten into mice. Right. And there's a thing there too, that I see, I see people do at the big two shows a lot where they bring a certain set of stock based on the guests that are there. So for example, if you know, Todd McFarland is the special guest, they're going to bring, every spawn book they're gonna bring every 
book that Todd McFarlane's ever worked on. Every person who does commissions is going to have a spawn drawing because they know Todd McFarlane fans are going to be there and that they're going to sell a lot of those items. I don't know that I want to do that because, um, like, Reyna is kind of my friend. (laughs) And I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, play off my friend's popularity by drawing her characters and then selling them for 20 bucks. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Like Ben Hatke was there and I also know Ben Hatke and it just wouldn't feel right to do like Zeta space girl fan art on a sticker or something and be like, I know people are going to buy it because he's there. And so fans are going to show up, but that feels gross. That feels disgusting. So I'll still keep to just the, Oh, this is a show for kids. Let's bring yeah. things that like are low cost. Um, Something else that's really cool that they do is they do uh, monster drawing battles. They'll have uh, doodle battles and they take place all throughout Ann Arbor. Uh, so they'll have two cartoonists go up against each other. They'll have an audience member uh, give like a character and a job and a background. And then each cartoonist has about uh, a minute to try and draw that. Uh, I went up against one guy. I always like, I love doing that, but every time I go up against somebody, I'm like, well, can't wait to show the fact that I'm a terrible drawer. Like, <laughs> there's never, never am I like, all right, I'm going to fucking own this. Um, it's always me just going into it being like, well, can't wait to see how this is going to turn out like a piece of shit. Um, yeah, uh, they do what we say, not what we do. So <laughs> much amazing programming. Like, they had uh, a whole basement area of the library where they did uh, anything that was bigger. There was an entire set down there for like, this drama thing that they were doing um Mm -hmm. you know like people were wearing robes and shit um they have a competition every or not a competition but they have kids vote for their favorite kids comic Mm -hmm. Um, and and that actually is like mcduffie award there yeah the Dwayne mcduffie award is actually like a really big fucking deal it's really it's a really cool it's a really cool show if you haven't been there and especially if you're making kids comics you should definitely go um ann arbor is also just lovely if you go, uh, please tweet at me and I will tell you all the good places to go and eat. Patrick obeyed me. Every single uh, one was fucking him. lights out. They were like, yes. they were very good recommendations. Because uh, yes. we did almost all of them. Not all of them, but close. Um, the last one, um, the last couple comments on that, I will say, are that the, um, the organizers are not only very uh, organized, extremely organized, but they're very nice. Um, the, our program, for example, I didn't know what we wanted to do. I just sent an email to one of the organizers and was like, Hey, we have this book and there's music. Can, can we play the music? And he's like, what if you play it and people draw along or something? And I was like, that's the program. That's it. Like, <laughs> you just told me what it was. And then I built a, like a, a curriculum around it. Um, but yeah, it was awesome because most people would be like, what the fuck are you asking me? No, you can't have a yeah. concert at my show. You know, or something like that. And the like volunteers, that. and it's, I don't know if it's a smaller show, but the volunteers, um, when I did the show as well, will make frequent rounds to make sure that you A, have water, and B, they'll be like, hey, do you want me just to sit at your table so you can go walk around? Um, which I always really appreciate, because as you guys might remember, I never want to be at my table. I want to be yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, our program was uh, off-site at a different building. Um, still pretty well attended, to be entirely honest. We had like 17 people um and there was a guy whose job it was just to take us there to make sure we knew where it was now we were super prepared and had been there the day before and got all entirely set up so we didn't need a guy to do that but they had assigned somebody 
to take us to the location and make sure we knew where we were going and that we were going to get there. Uh, once again, considering that they put no money into us and we actually were there for free, uh, that is a level of organization and uh, kind kindness that is uncommon. Um, mm -hmm. So huge props there. Uh, as far as people, uh, Portia Johnson was my table mate. She was awesome. She's from Detroit. And then I met a guy named Eric Davies who's got a really funny book called Superhero Town. And you should definitely check it out because it was it's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, so that was a two calf for me. Um, definitely a show I would do again. A show I think I would do differently in the future. Um, and but I would replicate a lot of the stuff. Um, so, uh, tell me about your class. It was so. It was a combination of being incredibly exhausting and incredibly gratifying pretty much for the whole fucking thing like i i had the best goddamn time it was amazing the kids are the kids are amazing this is the first time i got to teach middle schoolers which i was a little bit worried about because you know middle schoolers um they can be a bit interesting uh Moody. temperamental uh teenagery uh but they they were all amazing they just ate through all of my lesson plans just like so 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 fast and i like would go home and i would like make more stuff and then i would like get up early in the morning and make more stuff and then i'd go there and then they'd eat it all <laughs> i was just like basically tossing as much information and they're just like cool we get it give us more give us more give us more um which is great uh we the way that the thing was set up was that uh, I taught them every day from 8.30 to 4.30, um, and it was uh, me all day with them in the classroom from 8.30 to 4.30, which is just to say that uh, they didn't get a break from me, and I didn't get a break from them, so I'm really glad that nobody killed me. Um, but uh, we went over storyboarding, and we went over comic panels, and we did, uh, oh, I don't think that I told you, but um, we did our, oh no, I think I did tell you that uh, we did our first critique um, and, uh, cause we did first critique and for a lot of them, it was the very first critique and we went over critique rules and I kept it down to four minutes for everybody's comic. And then, um, at one point I turn and two of the students are not looking at the, at the critique work that we're like currently looking at. They've gone back to their seats and they're reading comics. And I got so mad. <laughs> I just thought that was like the most disrespectful thing uh, and so, and I felt bad because after, after they finished the critique, which was their first critique and they did so well, but after they finished their critique, I was like, I am so disappointed that there are a couple people who have been getting advice and helpful, um, comments from their student, from their, uh, peers who've decided that it's not worth their time to do the same for their peers work. And so I brought candy in the next day and was like, ah, oh, guys, I'm sorry. Um, but I was real fucking pissed about that. Um, but it was super great because, um, we did all that stuff. Their work turned out amazing. If you want to see some, like, really freaking talented uh, cartoonists. I love every time that I teach a new class because it really motivates me to do more work because you see them try so hard. I had a girl who finished four pages and fully colored them. And then, like, at 9 o'clock at night was like, you know what? This is a really sad ending. I need to do another page. So she turned out another fucking page to the comic <laughs> to give it a, a better ending. And I was just like, that is that is so much more than I would ever do. Because I would probably be like, 
one page from the end and be like, ah, oh, fuck this, I'm done. Like the fact that she was like, nah, I can make this even better. I was just like so amazed. I had one student, they had like from noon of one day, like, or they had like the second half of class to start inking on their comic, to start inking their comic. And if they didn't finish it, they could bring it home and also work on it. I have one student ink and color like eight insanely intricate pages. And that was just like, oh my God, like, I was like, I was like, Miles, is your hand still attached to the rest of your body? Like, who did you hire? Um, and he was just like, oh, I don't know, man. I was like, great. <laughs> um, I had another kid who did, who was like really worried about drawing like in two different styles. He was doing a memoir comic about losing his dog. And he was like, hey, is it okay if I draw my dog super realistically, but I draw myself as a doodle? And I was like, do you want to check out Nicole George's fetch? And when that exact <laughs> scenario happens, and I also learned that I am, I'm like, I'm so surprised that they actually thought I was cool because like we, they'd be talking about something and they'd be like, Oh, like, uh, why do you think this is uh, that way? And I was like, fun fact, let me tell you about the comics code authority. Or I'd be like, fun <laughs> fact, let me tell you about the underground comics movement. And I would just keep on interrupting them with the nerdiest like comic history. Uh, and I was, and I was like, at the end of the day, I was just like, Oh man, it always bugged me when teachers did that, and now I'm doing that. That's really unfortunate. There's only one um, way to teach, and it's by being <laughs> a dork. <laughs> um, but uh, on the last day, and this is like maybe the last thing I'll say about it. Um, oh, I had them do the stapling activity. Uh, the yeah, Olympic thing that we yeah, did at yeah. King Denver. Did they do the and, stapling um, one? We, did, we just did the staple one because we didn't have time for everything else, but we did the staple one and um, because I had two long arm staplers, so I did verses and nobody wanted to get, go up against this one kid, Jameson, and I was like, all right, Jameson, it's on. And I stood up and everybody was like, oh, and I totally fucking whipped all of them um, <laughs> by like several seconds. Um, but the last thing and all I'll say, well, the exhibit was amazing. I had to talk with parents. Um which was also a very interesting experience because usually in the other classes, I'm like, peace, and I don't see parents. But I was like, oh, man, your kid is amazing. Also, I feel like I'm way too young to be here. I don't feel like an adult. Everybody else here is an adult. Group me with your kids. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I felt very we like... We could be the same age, but you have been raising another human, so... <laughs> yes, exactly. And then, uh, but the thing is, so I did a lesson on... I don't know. I don't think I told you this, but I did a lesson on storyboarding with my students. And I broke down stuff into like a seven-point story structure or whatever. And I was like, all right, what's a movie that all of you guys have seen? Have you all seen Star Wars? And I had a couple students be like, no, I haven't seen Star Wars. And I was like, what about Harry Potter? Have we all seen Harry Potter? And they're like, no. And that kid Jameson is like, we've all seen Shrek. And everybody's like, oh, yes, Shrek. We love Shrek. Shrek is live. I was like, are you? I was like, really? Like, that's what? And they're like, yes, you have to do Shrek. And so I threw together a story, uh, a storyboarding thing that was all about Shrek, which, by the way, what the fuck? Anyway, moving on. On the last day of class, we played Comics Jeopardy. Um, and there were six categories. There was weapons and tools, uh, like supervillains, history, uh, comic vocabulary. Uh, I think pets was another one. And the final question was, which animated feature film won best animated feature uh, the first year that animated feature was a category at the Academy Awards in 2002? 
And so that was the final question. And I was like, oh, they're all going to get this because they all said that they love Shrek. And so I like had that as their final question. I had them like write their bets up on the board. I say that I say the like this feature film. Nah, 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 nah. And they're like, Fuck, I don't know. what it is. Do you know what it is? I don't know. I think it's like Monster Inc. and then like so they're all thinking about it and i have them read their questions and nobody gets it and then i like walk around the table and i was like the film that won best animated feature in 2002 was shrek and the room erupts and everybody's screaming in pain and i start laughing maniacally because it was the best (laughs) moment of my life i didn't compete but i won that day oh it was so good it's so good. Is that what Alex Trebek feels like whenever he stumps oh, a guy? Yeah. If that's true, that's then I def- need to start doing Jeopardy because that was amazing. That's 100% the way he felt when they knocked that Jeff dude off or whatever his name was. Uh, it was so good. It was so good. Uh, just going to live in that moment. But yeah, my my yeah, and my yeah, students are super talented and they did a great in their comics and their whatever, whatever. But I killed them at Jeopardy. No. Um, it was honestly like, it was like the best it was the best day of my life when we did the exhibit. I got to see all their finished work. They did such a good job. We had to hang the exhibit together, which was super fun because they'd never hung up an exhibit before. Uh, try wrangling like 16 middle schoolers to help you in like one tiny space. But um, I loved it. It was great. If you need middle schoolers who need to learn comics, uh, please let me do it because it was just like the joy and the highlight of my life. And it's just going to be all downhill from here. <laughs> It'll never be better than that day. Yeah. Well, if you want to keep up with uh, more updates about what Patrick and I are doing, um, definitely check us out at pop underscore whiz underscore bang on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, You can also shoot us an email at your hair. What? You don't like it tall? You don't like it full of volume up on my head like a cockatoo? You don't like it when I do this bird motion with my head? (laughs) You don't like that? Uh, yeah, so you can shoot us an email. We love emails. We're both going to be in St. Louis for the St. Louis Small Press Expo on August 17th. Uh, so Stop in a by, few say months. hi. Yes. Uh, um, Maggie... Send us an email about what adjective you would use to describe Patrick's hair at pwppod oh, at gmail.com. Look at it now. Cockatoo is very accurate. Look at it now. It's so or tall. Or like that one bit in, oh my God, please stop. <laughs> Patrick, where can people find you? Uh, they can head to Twitter and Instagram, where every once in a while you're going to find a picture of my very tall hair. It's uh, Plutarian underscore two, P-L-U-T-A-R-I-A-N underscore two. My webcomic is on Webtoons. Look for Screaming Mimi Kids. Or you can find links to all of that through my website, patricklaycomics.com. Meggie, tell me about your website and all your social media. Uh, I mean, you can just find me at Meggie the Ram. That's M-E-G-G-I-E the R-A-M-M on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. If you want to check out some of my students' work, which I highly recommend, please go over to my Patreon because if you ever want to feel like you're going to get overtaken by some kids in several years, uh, just got to check out some of those kids' works. They just did such a good job. I'm... I'm blown away. They brought when they brought out their pages. I almost started crying. That's the level of bullshit I'm currently at. Didn't know that I was one of those people who just starts randomly crying at things. That's not what this voice sounds like. This voice sounds like it smokes eighty cigarettes and it has zero fucks to give. But apparently, it doesn't match the rest of my personality, which cries at weddings. Mm. Anyway, we are done <laughs> talking about hair and other things now. Uh, Yeah, we're done talking about uh, comics. You're gonna have to go sell and teach them.